This week's episode is brought to you by mosquitoes. Insects that should have been dead by now because it's late October. Dickholes. Mosquitoes are the absolute bane of my existence because I am, as my mother puts it, delicious. Ugh. Anyway, I'm going to go spray some raid on myself and eat a banana. Mosquitoes. at night. If this show was like a mosquito anywhere in the U.S. besides California, we'd be dead by now. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Rupier. I have several bites on my on the ball part of my ankle, and it's October, and it will not stand. I mean, it's California. It's endlessly summer there, so... Yeah. Like, yeah, but just... I want morning mist, and I want the mosquitoes dead, goddammit. Yeah. I, well, I, I keep what? stubbornly wearing a sweater that I that isn't practical <laughs> because I want it to be sweater weather. Actually, yeah. all the mosquitoes in California will eventually die when the entire state is aflame. Right, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because... See, last week it was like 50 degrees up here, and then today it just suddenly decided, nah, fuck you, it's going to be randomly 80 degrees now. Down here in LA it was just 80, and then 90, and then back to 80. And I'm in hoodie weather. I hate you. <laughs> I was in hoodie weather. I miss it. I miss it, too. All right, so today we're talking about, uh, speaking of stuff to hate, uh, we wanted to talk about Guard Restrict today. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, Guard Restrict is a mechanic in Vanguard that prevents you from guarding with certain cards because I don't know why I had to mansplain it to you just then. But uh, we wanted to, A, go through it as like a little history for people who came to the game late, and B, talk about uh, Bushrod's game design in it, because there's a lot to unpack with uh, guard restricting. So we're just going to, we're each taking an era of the game, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. Matt. So the first guard restrict card that, the, the one that kind of like started all this nonsense, and this card kind of defined uh, how annoying Guard District was, or at least at the time, was Silent Tom, who came out in BT2. Uh, he was an 8K grade 2, which was pretty, which was uh, undersized at the time. And he had this ability on van or rear, during a battle that this attacks, if you have an Oracle Think Tank Vanguard, your opponent cannot normal call grade 0 units to Guard Circle. And he also looked like Walter White for some reason. I yeah, don't know. well, yeah, depending on which art you looked at. The, yeah. there, there's Bandage Tom and there's Walter White Tom. I still Walter like... Walter White Tom is superior. Agreed, yes. Yeah, the one where he's like pointing the but gun Bandage Tom is the one they used in the anime. Yeah, and also, yeah, 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 but uh, it's the worst Tom. Yeah. And also, like, Bandage Tom's gun is, like, part of his hand. And yeah. Walter White Tom is holding a gun. So you know they can't they can't they can't show guns in a children's card game, bro. This ain't you. Right, you anyway. know, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this this card. So back in the olden days of Vanguard, you would save PGs for like Silent Tom like a fair bit of the time. Uh, Perfect like, guards used to be grade all, one. Yeah. Oh right, right. Yeah. Perfect guards uh, were grade ones uh, in the olden days, and so. Guarding guarding zero, it's like most every card was five k except triggers, which were ten k except you know, obviously draw triggers. But like you know, if they put an eight k behind this guy, he's that's a sixteen column. If they get one trigger, it's twenty one to your eleven with a crit. 
And you're like, that's three cards or a Pichu. And then at the time, the prominent OTT tech was Sukuyomi, so you could just stack your deck, and once you hit your stack, you just guaranteed two triggers. Yep. And stick that shit on Tom. Yeah, or two Toms. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have to guard Sukuyomi and two Toms. Yeah, so he was pretty understated for a uh, for a grade two, but the AK Vanilla made it so that, that stat difference wasn't a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because yeah, like this, so this, go ahead. I was gonna say everything was eight uh, K, or sorry, everything was eleven K. So eight plus eight, sixteen. That's hitting numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, and, and then every, all the guards were stages of five because triggers were five K. Yeah. yeah, so twenty one K against, you know. <laughs> 11 is, and you can't guard with zero, so you can only guard with 5k shields, is three mm-hmm. cards. It's so many. And yeah. we didn't have the end sizes like we had now, too. Like, you were seeing much less cards a turn. Like, you were pretty much only getting your drive checks every turn. Drawing cards was very rare. Yeah. Um, so. The, the thing with him was that that still was so ubiquitous that any subsequent still that, uh, restricted grade zeros from being used to guard was from there on referred to as a Tom still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To the point where, example, uh, Sarko Blaze, which is a grade, a grade two from Tachikaze, when it became engorged, the opponent couldn't uh, guard with zeros. It looked like the yellow alligator. Matt, do you remember calling it Gator Tom? Uh, wait, which one? Uh, Sarko Blaze, the great two for Tachikaze. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, get, definitely Sarko Blaze. Yeah, man, that guy, mm-hmm. that guy's done a lot of work. That guy did a lot of work, a lot of work for me and Gaia. That <laughs> that guy, it's still a pretty good card in premium. It's like it's so free. Just nom yeah, something, just, no zeros. Nope. Just mm-hmm. figure out another way, please. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately for OTT, they had to lean on Silent Tom for a very, very long time. Like, pretty far into G-Era. Wasn't that true? Or, like... Yes. Because, like, for a really long time, Silent Tom was just the only good card they had. Or just stuff that was, like... Because the steel was free. There was no... Yeah. If you, you know, if you have a grade 3 Vanguard or you counter blast, it's just... This is no zeros for him, ever. Mm-hmm. Part of that is also just OTT kind of dropped out on support halfway through the game's lifespan, but that's kind of getting off topic. I mean, we'll get to right. that in a very short time. Um, what's next? So- the the next thing that they kind of that they I guess sort of added I guess in the same set uh, was seal dragons for Kagero, and seal dragons are, are are kind of a weird idea of guard restrict. So this was also in BT two. They made a card called Seal Dragon Blockade, who's a grade three ten k. So you might be able to tell it's already awful, and it says that during your turn your opponent can, units cannot intercept. Uh, but, like, so this card could end up knocking out, you know, 5 or 10k shield, depending on their front row. But it's very minimal when you compare it to something like Tom, which is locking mm-hmm. out very large shields. Mm-hmm. You're locking out kind of units that your opponent maybe wanted to use, but maybe not. So it's kind of like, uh, but it was uh, something they continued even through, like, Narukami. They had the gunner who, like, on play, you know, your opponent can't, like, some unit can't intercept. Yeah. Um... Mm-hmm. It always seemed like an afterthought to prevent intercepting. 
mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. Like, Blockade was kind of the first one to do that, and then la- that later became its own sub-clan, Seal Dragons, where it was all about fucking with the opponent's great twos, which I guess made sense, but it wasn't very good. Um, Seal Dragon yeah. Blockade was a triple R? Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> How does it uh, feel? I feel like Road puts a lot of emphasis on really weird things sometimes, like... Well, this is, like, one think... of the, the second set of the entire game. They're still kind of pawing around in the dark. No, for yeah, sure, but... it's just so surprising. <laughs> and then there was also the interceptors that gain shield. It seems like they put a lot of value into intercepting, which people rarely do. Yeah, I think at the, you know, the, the beginning of the game, they thought people were going to be intercepting a lot more than they ended up actually doing. I played mm-hmm. uh, the the grade two intercept special interceptor is what we called them back then. I'm not sure what the term people had later. Uh, I what, the one I played the most was Panzer Gale because when you were playing Dudley Emperor, you could like you know make attacks with Brachies or whatever, shuffle them in, and then attack with Dudley, call two Panzer Gale, and have two 16k columns afterward. And then they can be 10k shields on the following turn. Especially since you're losing cards, it's pretty important to have that extra shield, yeah. Yeah. But that was the special interceptor I played the most of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like we said, the, the main thing with intercepting is that it's cards on the board that you used to attack your opponent, and most of the time you're trying to kill them. So oftentimes the just being there as an interceptor, like with like that's the extent of its skill, kind of wasn't worth it. At least in the case of right. Spike Brothers, you're getting, like, that's the end point of your attack, so you can just be like, alright, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of the, uh, it was, it, stopping intercepting isn't really revolutionary. Uh, it ended up being kind of a bit better when it's kind of incidental. And what I mean by that is, mm-hmm. if you look at somebody like Vermilion, who had, uh, Counterblast was at three. Yeah. Yes. It gets plus 5k and attacks your opponent's front row. While units are being attacked, they can't intercept. Yeah. Being that if your opponent has a full front row and you're just like, alright, attack your whole front row, they can't intercept just based on the fact that those units are being attacked. And those mm-hmm. units are very likely going to die. So, yeah. that ended up being such a better version of not being able to intercept. Yeah, it seems like either just getting rid of the card outright or, you know, like not being able to intercept is just kind of there. It's not the focus of your skill is probably the best yeah. use of it. Either that, or if like the no intercepting was attached to something else, like you, it gets this, but also they can't intercept. Yeah. So probably the most consequential guard restrict they added in the original, like in the early version of the game, was on a card called Blue Storm Supreme Dragon Glory Maelstrom. Uh, this was a cross ride for a. Blue Storm Dragon Maelstrom. And a cross ride is that if you have the original uh, version in your soul, it gets plus 2k. Like, static. So it's a 13k now. So it's very large. So it was a pretty mean... big deal to be cross-ridden back then. Does that mean you get a force marker? No. <laughs> you get no force markers. Uh, this. So this has the abil- a Limit Break 5 ability. And Limit Break 5's abilities are active when you have 5 damage. Exactly 5 damage. Because that's so easy to finesse. <laughs> And it has, when it attacks a vanguard, you can counterblast one. If you do, it gets plus 5k, and your opponent cannot call grade one or greater units to guard circle from his or her hand. So, I mentioned before that uh, grade one and greater units have small shield values, but that's Mm -hmm. also where your perfect guards were 
at the time. Everyone's perfect guards were grade ones. Meaning this locked out your opponent from being able to perfect guard your vanguard. And gain plus 5k, so even with, you know, uh, a decent booster behind him, he's hitting 20, you know, 21, or at least, definitely at least 21 against your 11, and you, ha- and you have to use two triggers. Meaning you have mm-hmm. to drop, you know, two triggers for two to pass, at least. Uh, which is a lot. It's a lot of cards. Mm-hmm. And was Glory Maelstrom itself, like, impactful during its heyday, or...? Uh, let's see. It came out in BT9. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Th- this is right before Break Ride. <sighs> Let me think. What came out at that time? Um, you had Platina Ezel. You had. Uh... Oh yeah, Ezel was really good. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see. You had um, Narukami, like yeah, Vermilion. You had. Uh... Still had Dote running around. You MLB. Had, you still had Dote yeah. and MLB running around. I don't think it was as impactful because I think there were enough yeah. other uh, like the thing about decks like Kagero at the time mm-hmm. when you played Dote is that it didn't matter that like you didn't need to play to limit break at all. Yeah. So you just got to sit and start guarding at two damage where everyone else is trying to get to four. Mm-hmm. And then just you know do Dote things. So yeah, so. it wasn't like super great, but it was okay. It was pretty good. The problem yeah, is it was so. an LB five, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. So basically, its legacy meant more than the card itself. Yeah. The point so. is that it's we would we at, like, even now we see grade one. You can't call grade one or greater, and we're like, oh, glory skill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although that's like, seen- this kind of became. Uh, go ahead. No, it's a, it's fine. Go ahead. Okay, so I was saying, like, this kind of became the wording for guard restricts for a very long time in the game. Like, pretty much any card that had a per- that had the intention of restricting perfect guards used this language of your opponent can't call grade one or greater units. And I think, were there any decks in the limit break era that, with guard restrict that were really prominent, or wasn't, or was that starting like Legion era where glory skills kind of uh, Legionnaire was off. most of them was where most of them started getting crazy. Prominence player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was some nonsense and... at the end of Limit Break, like, uh, just a lot of, sh- a-, a lot of it was. Uh, there was more guard restrict with Novell, mm-hmm. where your opponent couldn't call grade zeros. And of course, that came after Tom. So. Right, and that was well after Tom, but that was really impactful. That was, that deck was actually busted. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there's any more guard restrict. There might have been, and then there was guard break uh, with the yeah limit break with the uh, dimension please TD. Fuck yeah! Where they released Dykeiser, and that was right before uh, BT13 released. Mm-hmm. And that uh, guard break is such a weird take on guard restrict. It's like not. It's like this yeah. thing that you just can't really do much about. Like you can play around it if you're like you know, already have tons and tons of things to guard with. But there's sometimes mm-hmm. where you just actually can't. Yeah, like I remember when we played against you during the G era and you had D Robos. We would just throw down two perfect guards because we had two. Uh, yeah, I, I so would just throw down one and say shrug. That's basically <laughs> what it ended up being for me because I was like, you know. <laughs> Instead of losing four cards to 
you know, to to have them both guard broken? Because what was the thing where you got double guard break? So that was when you broke road uh, Great Dykeiser, the Legion, on um, on Dykeiser himself. So then you got to Legion and get Great Dyusha. And when he has a when he has a partner, he has counterblast one guard break. So you had every time you check a grade three, you have a double guard break. Got it. So, yeah. So then you have to guard with three PGs. Fuck <laughs> that shit. Easy. But just get and and that's if I only trigger one grade three. Yeah. I could trigger two grade threes and you could be dead. Who knows? Yep. And that's why you just throw down the one and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kaiser was a pretty gross card, mostly because like. <laughs> I think the big problem with Dykeiser, and this is like, ended up impacting Dimension Police support for a long time, is that there's just like, it kind of just broke the rules of the game. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, this is how the game is played, and Dykeiser was like, nah. Well, because, again, <laughs> it's not like it was stopping you from doing anything. It was, it was the deck was going, I mean, you can perfect guard if you want, but the word perfect is in quotes now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then I think, like, for early G-era, like, Guard Restrict became kind of the prominent finisher, where for a while we were kind of bouncing between, like, Guard Restrict and uh, Restanding. Well, but, in early G-era, you mostly had, uh, you, you didn't really have either. It took up until the <laughs> Legend deck, where we had... Uh, the, you know, Phantom... No, around GBT3 we got Gilderai. Oh, right, I forgot about Gilderai. Damn, I was, like, going through yeah. the sets, like, trying to pull out Guard Strike cards. I totally forgot about Gilderai. And you also had uh, uh, Mana Garm in GBT-02. Yeah. Two. Yeah, two. Which uh, gave Guard Strike to a rear guard, but it's like, you know, whatever. It was, if the rear guard was at 20k or more, uh, they couldn't target great ones or higher. And that was, right. the, that was the finisher for Great Nature for a long time. Um, only really dropping yeah. off in usage after we got draw PGs and the whole reboot and stuff. Um, But for the most part, those were both strides that were meant to be used second, because the skill was after you flipped, it would count for if you Mm -hmm. have two or more cards in G-Zone, then you got the either the crit or the guard restrict in the case of Gilderai and uh, Manadarm, respectively. Yeah. Although I remember when we were talking about a long, long time ago, like Gilderai kind of pushed DI into the meta for a little while. That card's gross. It is. Because it was just plus 10k crit, no, no grade ones were higher, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you, just had, you just had to fucking tank it or just throw down every trigger you had. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, we should also like emphasize this again because in my head I'm going, I mean, two triggers is already 42k. You have to remember, back in the day, triggers had 10,000 shield, Grade ones had mm-hmm. five thousand shield, and grade twos had five thousand shield as well. So every card did less defensively. So yes, that's and also what... heal triggers weren't worth more. Yeah, well, I mean they were when G guards came around, but we're not there yet. Yeah, um, yeah, we're but not I mean there. even if you have sixty k two crit uh, triple drive, good luck. Yeah, uh, also no PGs or mm-hmm. you, no grade ones are higher, and you're like, uh... shit. All right, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna throw down. You know, the four triggers I have in hand, and that's two-thirds of my hand in there, you know, right there. Intercept yeah. with both things. They get two triggers. Up, oh, you're fucked. Because triggers also had only 5k power as opposed to 10, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
It's just everything was on a smaller scale. But the the thing that really like warped the meta around itself for a long ass time was Dark Dra- Dark Dragon Phantom Blaster Diablo, which if you go back to very very <laughs> very early episodes of this show, somebody <laughs> will have complained about Diablo at some point. Um and that's that's probably two like two to three apartments ago for me. But he was a stride that came in the legend <laughs> deck. Uh and his skill was act once per turn, you counterblast, turn a copy of him in G Zone face up. And if your G Zone has two or more face up cards until the end of turn, this unit gets plus ten K in a crit, and when it attacks a Vanguard, you can retire three rear guards, and your opponent may choose two of his or her rear guards and retire them. If two rear guards were not retired, your opponent cannot call cards from hand to guard circle until the end of that battle. So, I want you to just take a journey for me. This is there are no excel circles. You have five rear guards and that's it. Probably less because Shadow Paladin has a bunch of stuff that involves killing your things. Most of the time, they're going to use their you know blaster dart Diablo, who when you stride into this automatically kills one of your rear guards. So your goal is to have enough of a field for the sole purpose of killing them off for this dude. And that if the Shadow Paladin player was doing well, which they were, they weren't going to give you that chance because they would run well, ever. <laughs> yeah? I, I just want to interrupt. Phantom Blaster uh, Diablo was... Basically, the per- the thing that killed people who weren't that fam- weren't as familiar with the deck, like people who have played against a lot of that deck, would just fill their board. Yeah, mm-hmm. like just keep your board filled with whatever, and they can't diablo you. Like as long as yeah. you have five things in play, they can't diablo you. Straight up. Oh, yeah. So, the... so at least like you know, obviously think about your counter blast, right? But like that's the idea. But, like, some some clans didn't have the resources to fill the board at right, every turn. those were the bad decks. Yeah, like Pale Moon, because the Magia ability was literally made to be curb-stomped by this thing. Yeah, yeah, that's why you didn't play, uh, that's why you didn't play that deck. Yeah. <laughs> I, this, um, I mean, I stubbornly but did, but that doesn't mean it worked well. The real card that carried that deck was uh, Phantom Blaster Abyss. That card is absolutely messed up. And I, I just right. want to, like, take it aside to talk about Phantom Blaster Abyss. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, Go ahead. So it ha- it is a legion from uh, an extra booster called Requiem at Dusk. And it got printed as a secret mm-hmm. rare in GBTO6. But uh, at, uh, it's a legion with Blaster Dark Revenger. Uh, it has this ability on Vanguard Circle. You can counter blast two, uh, discard three, uh, sorry, retire, retire three, three Revengers. And during your turn, this unit is the Legion. At the end of the battle that attacked a Vanguard, you can pay that cost, stand all of your Vanguards, and the, then you, you know, the ability can't be used for the rest of the turn. And it just, when it attacks a Vanguard, it gets plus 2k, so it's 22k your Vanguard twice. Mm-hmm. So that's, doesn't lose any drive checks, doesn't lose shit, but this card is just absolutely messed up. And one of the kind of defining things that ended up happening in G-Era was the way Clan started to win games was either you had Guard Restrict, or you had restanding vanguards. Yeah, and this deck has both. And this deck has both, yeah. And they also had Spectral Blaster Diablo, which is a stride that you can soul blast, flip a, co- 
uh, flip up a cart in your G zone and retire rear guard. And when it attacks, you can counter blast two and retire two rear guards, and it restands itself with drive minus two. Mm -hmm. That one didn't. Spectral Diablo didn't really do that much. I mean, yeah. it's not. But like it, it was, was there. It was there, yeah. It just kind of seemed like, uh, you know. That English teacher who you never really hated, but you weren't. He wasn't really. It wasn't really a fun mm -hmm. class. It was just kind of whatever. But, e easy B plus. Yeah, but that's just the point we're getting to. Is this deck has like three different win conditions at the time. Yep. It's all kinds of nonsense. And you didn't. Yeah, that even, card's just good. Yeah, you didn't even have to do. Uh, what's his name? Um. <laughs> Diablo, like you, you, you could you could run like Revengers or whatever. It. I mean, all, yeah. Revengers, Revengers, are like probably the most absurd era of Shadow Paladin. Although I think the current Shadow Paladin deck is also really really good. <laughs> <laughs> like, oof. Yeah, it's a deck. It's scary as fuck. It doesn't bother me that much though. It's Danger Lunge is a messed up card. Oh, it is. But I'm not saying that it's like bonkers to me. Like, every time that uh, I lose against it, I'm not really salty, I'm just like, that's Danger Lunch. <laughs> yep. That's what they do. Oh, 70k3 uh, crit? You got me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so that, but that yeah, was... I just, wanted, I just wanted to bring up that aside, sorry. It's okay. Um, so that was the early part of G-Era, and this mostly shifted with the advent of G-Guards. Which uh, that came out around GBTO what six, yeah. something like that. I yeah, think right after six, I think. Yeah, so they made an entire plot point about it, where it was uh, it, the anime characters Chronosian and Totoha played against the you know Misaki Kai and uh, was it Aichi or no? No, it was. Um, Kamui. Kamui was the, the other one. Yeah, it, it was uh, Misaki, uh, Kai, and Kamui. And the whole... Like, if any of them lost any of their matches, they wouldn't be able to do the plot. They're like, if you don't win these, you can't be in our club where we're going to fight the villains. And they're like, I have to do it. So, in Totoha's game against Misaki, she which is the first one, she talks about a heal trigger in her hand. She's like, this is going to win me the game. And the the whole time the episode was going on, people were going like, this is going to be like a guard or something, isn't it? And it was, because she brought out the very first G-Guard we ever saw, which was Rain Breath Dragon. Um, and then this led into a new era where your heal triggers now had a lot more value. And drawing into them didn't feel as shitty as they used to. As it used to be. Um, in fact, sometimes it's just necessary to have some. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Have you have you ever like been playing against something kind of aggressive and you're like, I'm gonna keep this heal. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that ultimate it didn't kill uh, Phantom Blaster Diablo, but it kind of started starving him a little bit. Like you started seeing it less and less because if somebody had two G guards, they could mostly block him uh, because his skill specified calling from hand. So you can just go, all right, drop two heals, double G-Guard, we're good. Doesn't matter what I have. Um, and then from there, you started seeing, you know, little bits and pieces of guard restrict. Uh, 
the first time we ever see a full-on sentinel block is from one steeped in sin Sharhat. So instead of going, mm-hmm. you can't draw grade ones or higher, it's can't call cards with the sentinel ability. So Yeah. I don't know why they did it with him and kind of no one else at the time, but I don't know, maybe he's like... Just yeah, because like, after Sharhat, they kind of went back to the usual glory wording. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a Storm of Lament Wailing Thavis, who... Uh, when he attacks at GB2, uh, third battle or more, counterblast one, he gets 5,000 power for each rear guard that attacked during this turn, and your opponent can't call grade ones from hand to guard circle. So exactly only, grade o- yeah. only grade ones. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, so, it, also, and, that, and that came out after. Also, Shabbat. I would like to bring up, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to bring up Enigmatic Assassin at this point, too, just as, just as kind of emphasizing that Guard Restrict kind of took off at this point because Enigmatic Assassin made Darker Regulars a very powerful deck. In Jira? Yeah. Why? Because so. you could pop it out for a 20k boost? Or... Blade Wings. Yeah. yeah. Like, Blade Wings, but also, like, even before that, around the uh, BT7 and 8, I just saw a lot of people on area playing DIs because they could just have a 56k Gilderai that's really difficult to guard even with G Guardians. Throw Doreen the Thruster back there. Just get him. <laughs> Dude, Blade Wings was such a fun deck. Yes, it was. And now it's dead. It was too fun. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not even dead. That's the problem. DI is still good. <laughs> I mean, they should just ban. They should just ban that card. To be honest, just get it out of here. Yeah, Enigmatic Assassin. Assassin has or ban not it. Okay. Eat. Well, Enigmatic Assassin has aged well in the sense that it's fucking overpowered. It has not aged well in terms of balanced design. No. I mean, no, it has not. That, that is DI, DI is still gross in premium. <laughs> yes, just that is. Neonectar is more gross. Yeah. And Gold so Paladin is still it's... pretty fucking gross, too. Yeah, they should, yeah, Kirif should be at zero, straight up. Like not allowed to be not allowed to be put anywhere near your deck. Well, it's not, not even allowed to be thought about at tournaments. It's not so much. <laughs> Thought crime. No, it, it's not. It's not so much that Kirf is like the original Kirf is the problem. It's just that you only. It only requires one more card to do the Ezel, which yeah, that's not hard to do. You just. But, I mean, if you get rid of Kirf, they just lose the ability to get to the Ezel to begin with. Yeah, oh, you mean like both... you don't, there's no finding the Kirf. It's oh, gone. You mean both Kirfs, like the OG Kirf too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Gone. I mean, they have the same name, so you could just say like ban cards with Kirp that exact has the name. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you'd have to wait for the Spring Breeze Messenger to come out. The oh, the, other the draw. new starter. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. other, otherwise, but that's like kind of huge. Print as a promo, ban Kirf easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah. whatever. They, they could also. Uh, I just wanted to kind of take that, that aside to mention to any card assassin. needs to go right now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not against it. I'm just hot take. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, <laughs> getting so, back into guard restrict. So after G guards uh, continued doing their thing and continued being pretty good, you know, a lot of clans got some solid ones. You had plot maker. You had uh, other stuff. Uh, mostly plot maker. Um, near the end of G era, we got uh, festival. Stillwater Festival Deity Ichikishima. Thank you very much. The, the <laughs> something about water and a deity and her name's Ichikishima. So 
Oracle Think Tank for literally the entirety of G era was like not hot butt and not hot garbage. It was a hot dumpster full of butts. It was <laughs> it it was just not a thing. It, it the problem was in Bushiroad's eyes, getting cards was like, oh, you can get the cards you need to win, but then there was nothing to win with. All the all the good stuff that you had just got you more cards. So they decided to correct it near the end of Jira with Ichikashima, and I think they might have overshot it a little bit. So her still is, you could counter blast one, soul blast one, turn a copy of her face up in G-Zone to draw two cards. Yeah, that makes sense. That That tracks with everything else they've been doing. Then... They go once per turn, GB3 Oracle, meaning if you have five or more cards in hand, you turn any card in G-Zone face-up, and during that turn, your opponent cannot call G-Guardians and Grade Zeros from hand to guard circle. Yep. Yeah, this is a card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although... Guys, I'm having trouble killing a spider in my apartment. I'm gonna go get some German artillery. <laughs> Jesus fucking... <laughs> All the... To be fair, like, after the set it came out, OTT kind of fell into Tier 2 because they just kept printing more and more ridiculous shit afterwards. Oh, which... no, but they, but they, then, then they went even above and beyond that. This. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later, but... <laughs> what, oh my God. what about... Ichikashima, when they first showed Ichikashima, we were all like, what? Yeah. And then we realized it was a blanket effect for the turn. And we're like, what? what? <laughs> and, and, then, and then we looked at the rest of the realize, clan, and we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then you realize OTT still had a bunch of cars that let them stack triggers. Yeah. Yep. It's like, what an actual fuck is this? But I mean, like, yeah. it's not, it, it, at least at the end of Jira, it didn't feel that unfair, because everything was so bonkers anyway. It was like, fine. If everyone's super, <laughs> no one is. Just Yeah. And that kind of speaks a lot to how bad card design got at the end of G-Era, that this isn't considered overpower by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you can go back and listen to our episode about our episodes about, you know, the last few sets, and it's, it, it, like... Our theory was that they wanted to move on to the, next, to the reboot, so they just kind of got all of their stupid ideas out the window so they could move on. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this is when, like, Luard got good. Yeah. This was when, uh, I mean, Gears were probably still good. I don't remember. Yeah, Gears they're... were still good. Yeah, Luard, uh, Luard had, like, Belial Bil- was a big part of why Luard was good. Well, Dragstrider was, like, actually good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, the, the first set of Luard support was obviously not great. But, like, yeah. the later Luard support ended up being pretty good. Oh, and also, Kagero was back because Overlord. Mm. And they printed uh, that Restandy guy. Mm-hmm. And then chaos was also a thing. That was fun. Oh my god, fuck oh that thing god. so hard. So, chaos that made you lock things from your hand. What about Glendius? Can we talk about Glendius? <laughs> oh, we can, but I'll take a flight over to Maryland and kick you in the crotch. Wow. <laughs> you hear that? Vi- hear this violence? <laughs> violence is... Uh, Nexus at Night, the Vague Threats of Violence podcast. Um, <laughs> so that was pretty much Jira. I'll, I'll bring up a premium collection when we get to it, but I think we should start... 
mm-hmm. we should cross over into the reboot because yeah. the reboot is where it gets really interesting. Take us away, Root Beer. Yeah, so... Was Sorry, let me just look something up real quick. Okay, yeah, it was there. So, we got a bunch of guard restricts, actually, in the first V-Booster set. So, I think the most prominent one is going to be Dragonic Waterfall, which is your standard cannot call sentinels. So now, at this point, triggers, uh, draw triggers have perfect guard skills now, in addition to grade 1s. So, instead of the glory wording, where it was restricting grade 1s are higher, now they're just blanket sentinel effects. And also, because uh, protect gifts are a thing. Yeah. And then also, triggers now have bigger shields. mm -hmm. And, And trigger, like, drive checks also have more power to them. Yeah. So, Dragonic Waterfall is kind of the most prominent one because uh, Kagero was meta at the beginning of the game because there were four clans. And so, we also got a retrain of Silent Tom where I think Bushiroad realized that guard- uh, restricting grade zeros was kind of silly. So, instead, it only restricts normal units now. That's so, much worse. Why? Because it's triggers only? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. it only restricts normal units. Yes. So your opponent can't call normal units anymore. Yeah, yeah. So they, they can, can only call, call grade units. zeros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's not as useful. Yeah. And you could counterblast and give it 6k, so... Well, you could make it unguardable with Ichikashima. <laughs> yeah, in premium it was silly because you can make it unguardable, but... In standard, Tom didn't really do anything. Like, guard uh, blocking normal units is just not really that useful. I think Bushiro thought that, like, oh, okay, like, people are gonna spend triggers, which are big shields, on kind of the big value cards, so if you can waste them with this card, but that just didn't really happen. Well, I think also because of the deer and uh, Imperial Daughter. So you yeah. deer is so good. Make them huge and that kind of thing. You know, deer is still good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Why yeah, not? but the card we're really interested in is Battledore Fighter. So it is a Nova Grappler Grade 3, and it has a skill act. You can Counter Blast 1, Soul Blast 1. Choose one of your units, and for the battle that that unit attacked during this turn, when your opponent calls Guardians from his or her hand, he or she must call two or more at a time. This would be the start. So of this card, new. the card itself, is kind of not great. But mm-hmm. man, are some of the cards that are based on this are pretty freaking sweet? Yeah. So ev- yeah. every skill that involves, if they want to guard with one card, they're gonna do two now, or two or more. It is now referred to as the battle door skill. So right, there's a ton mm-hmm. of these things, all the varying like uh, costs and. Uh, like having requirements more, and mm-hmm. like having more rear guards than the opponent. <laughs> what a difficult one! I know, right? But that's or only on hard. his attack. Right. That's only on his attack. It's not like a like battle door. The problem, like some of them are just like global. Yeah. Like I don't know if, if you have any you want to talk about root beer or any specific ones. Ah, uh, fuck! I can't actually think of. All right, I'm gonna talk about I mean, one I, then. Okay. It's not quite a battle door skill, but it is a. Uh, it is related to the Battle Door skill. So this card called Variance Hard Leg. It's a card <laughs> I brought up in a previous episode. It's Jesus. from BTO6. Jesus Christ, and, we're uh, already at Hard Leg. Okay. 
Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. No, no, no. Just... It's just related to that skill, so yeah. I wanted to bring it up. But it's a, a grade two nine k common, and uh, it has a rearguard skill that would, when placed, if your soul has three or more cards with different card names, and they have and ha- they have three or more cards with the same card <laughs> name. So, it, basically, if you have three sets of three in your soul, anytime your opponent wants to call a card from hand to guard circle, they have to must call three. Mm-hmm. And. By the way, this started with a different Nova Grabbler card called Spinning Valiant that required you to counterblast four and have a front row with four or more units. Mm-hmm. Dude, th- and that just, card's much worse. That just reeks <laughs> of, like, early early reboot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but, like, you know, the and the fact that this card is when placed, meaning that once you play it, you have this global, you have this global thing for the whole turn, is nuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like the same way that it was spinning valiant, you know, you you do its counterblast four, and you have the same thing for the whole turn. Yeah, but it's just it's and having that blank for the whole turn means like even if your opponent's at four damage, right? Even if you have just three attacks to make here, God forbid you like go into like master fifth element, right? Mm-hmm. Or like NLK master fifth element, you do a bunch of crazy fucking shit, right? Your yeah. opponent's already dropping nine cards in order, to, or you know, like eight cards or six cards to guard two of your attacks. Mm-hmm. That's already a lot. God forbid you have a restanding vanguard and they have to drop, you know, nine cards now. Yeah, it's like not reasonable for people to do most of the time, especially when you're attacking with a uh, fucking Brufus every fucking turn. <laughs> but yeah, also, so the, and this is kind of what I guess people. What are the people calling this? Like triple door? That's what I called it. I, I don't get- know if it's stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know, whatever people are calling it, and that's just like, woof. And then, while we're on the subject of Darker Regulars, there's also a separate guard restrict called Hope on Damp, which is a grade 3, which is, when placed, if your soul has 20 or more cards until end of your turn, when your opponent would call cards from his or her hand to guard circle, he or she must call cards with the sum of their original shield values being 20,000. And that works on rearguard too, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, the problem with that card is it's a great three. <laughs> yeah. But this one kind of caught my imagination a bit just because it's a very precise wording. So what, what this means is, like, whenever you're supposed to guard one card at a time. Nobody actually does that. But as the assumption is that you're guarding one card at a time... So, whenever you're choosing your one card, you must instead choose a number of cards where the shield value printed on the card itself must total 20,000. Can you remind me of the shield value on perfect cards? Zero. Zero. Mm, good to know. So, <laughs> if, if you want that to work, it's got to be the perfect card, and then you're going to toss down a heal or something. Mm-hmm. Or a, a crit trigger and a 5k shield. It, it's just, it, it it's crazy. Yeah. And uh, ca- this card is really hilarious just because it fucks with people's heads because now they have to do math and actually look at their cards and see what their shield values say. That's a fucking sacrilege around these parts. <laughs> so, yeah. So what, what else we got? Um, and then I think the final weird guard restrict thing we're going back to our old friend Glory Maelstrom. I mean, we just call this New Glory. Mm-hmm. This card is. Yeah, so it is an Aquaforce card, obviously, that says, act once per turn, you can counterblast one, and until end of turn, 
Your opponent cannot intercept. Hey, we got that again. And they can only call up to one card for his or her hand to guard circle for each battle. And if you have a card in your soul with Maelstrom in his name, all your front row get power plus 10,000 until end of turn. I just want to say, this card is fucking messed up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, okay, not only does this invalidate an entire imaginary gift with one counterblast, <laughs> just for whatever, uh, the fact that, okay, so one card means that the like, your defense is drastically shrunken in the most infuriating way possible. Because you could have a hand the size of Montana, and it wouldn't matter. There would just be, do you have the, do you have a heal for this particular thing? No, yeah. you're taking this damage and go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, this, much like Ichikoshima, does a lot of the heavy lifting for Aqua Force in standard format. Yeah. Matt, oh, yeah. Speaking of Okay. Sorry. Yeah, so this card is just kinda the linchpin of Aquaforce right now because of just how bonkers it is. I mean that's... I just think this is like as this skill is worded and in this clan, this is probably one of the better guard restricts in standard. I think yeah. this is absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean not really much you can say about it. It kinda writes itself where you're like, Alright, I mm-hmm. I guard with this fifteen K wait, can I intercept? No. Can I throw this five K? Sure no. Well, I know what problem is to get full value, you have to play the original Maelstrom, who's, like, not mm-hmm. as bad anymore. Yeah. Mostly because, like, if Excel 2 and slightly, and marginally, but in better support is, like, really important. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, uh, plus plus you can, like, ride this on top of another copy of him and still have it be live, so. Mm-hmm. It's not completely uh, for yeah. not. Card's just great, though. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So, no, having that in mind, Bushira then went and printed a, another set of strides. <laughs> uh, the famous premium collection, which we did an episode on, you can go listen to it. Uh, but they experimented a lot with uh, Dar District, including a card that they then immediately banned a few months later. Or like a month later, however long it was. It was longer yeah. than a month. It was, let's see, the premium collection came out in English in June. And the ban list came out in, like, what, August? Two months in English? Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so her skill was uh, once per turn, you can counterblast one, turn a card face up, draw a card, and until the end of the turn, your opponent cannot use the auto abilities of Guardians. Wait a second. Uh, I'm not even done. And this unit gets uh, Oracle, all your front row gets plus 2k for each card in your hand. And then also in G-Zone, while she's face up, you count cards in G-Zone as number of cards in hand. So if you flip Wait up a, a cop- second. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. The skill on Perfect Guards, that's an auto, right? Yes. Yep. Skill on every G-Guard except three. That's awesome. Except auto. Plotmaker for some fucking reason. Plotmaker? Uh... <laughs> Plotmaker, Bulwark Dragon for Narutami, and the LEG guard that also got banned. <laughs> those are Absolutely the o- amazing. Those are the only three G guards that had continuous abilities. Maybe we're missing one. Tweet at us if you like. But the point is, this was so crazy because you could A, go into this first stride, and B, that meant that like this 
or the other Ichijushima is just what you would go into. And mm-hmm. uh, only being able to call trigger units, but also you can't use auto abilities, really fucks up a person's day. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this this was like... Again, it felt like an overcorrection, where they were like, alright, we didn't really give them good strides for Giera, let's be nice to them. And they were a little too nice, and then they decided to ban it. Now, I don't know if that was necessarily the right decision. Um, other members of Nexus Core have expressed their discontent. Go check out Nexus Core on YouTube, Gabe has his own video about it. I'm not really sure where I fall on this still. Um, hmm. on whether it was a good idea to ban it or not. I'm not even sure what you would do for an errata if you were right. to do that at all. Um, but th- this was such a weird, prolific way of guard restricting. People stopped running the heal triggers that allowed you to counter charge or soul charge when you G-guarded because of this card by itself. Because your G-guards were just 15k vanillas in, like, every clan. Amazing. Oh, wait, DIs had a continuous one. It was like if you had 10 in soul hmm. plus 10k shield. Oh, sure. Four. Uh, yeah. Four G-guards. But still, like, those G-guards were only like 36k, right? So yeah. it's not really that like, significant. Yeah, well, when power is bigger and triggers give you more power, mm. we're back where we started. Um, and also just this card itself being a 26 base, that's already a bunch of extra cards you're going to have to throw down. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, they gave, they tried out the Battle uh, Dwarf skill on one of the strides in Premium Collection as well, uh, on Drag Principal Morfessa. So her skill is act, you can counterblast one, turn a card face up in G-Zone, retire two rear guards. You draw two, until the and until the end of the turn, you regard your trigger units in your drop zone as grade one. So who cares? Well, the Ritual ability was a Shadow Paladin keyword where... Uh, the number of grade 1 cards you had in drop zone corresponded to what ritual you were at. So if you had 3 or more cards with grade 1 and drop, you were at ritual 3. That kind of thing. So her other skill is ritual 10. So that makes more sense, which is turning your triggers into grade 1s. All of your front row units get plus 15k in a crit. When your opponent would call cards from hand to guard circle, he or she must call 2 or more at the same time. So this stride made Luard a competitive force again in premium all by herself. Pretty sure it's like all you stride in Shadowfell at this point. You just spam Morfessa. That's kind of it. Like, uh, this happened with a lot of clans. Neonectar, this happened to. Um, Pale Moon, this kind of sort of happened to. Uh, not Murakumo, because why would you? <laughs> uh, Kagura, this happened to. But um, this thing allowed you to make any of your cards now hitting for numbers on stuff most of the time. And because of, uh, I forgot his name, Drag Something Dagda, which was retire a rear guard and then call two grade ones from deck, it meant you could multi-attack during the battle phase. And because Morpheus' skill was continuous, whatever you called now had the 15k and a crit, so you were still putting on that pressure from first stride. Um, and... In the case of something like this, for Battledore skills, at least in premium, it doesn't hurt as bad as it does in standard. Because in premium, you generally see more cards. So tossing one more onto the mm-hmm. fire isn't that big of a deal. 
Um, it seems that the general strategy for Battledore skills is you want to go as close to not hitting as possible without actually not hitting. Also, G-Guardians can ignore the from-hand clause because you're superior calling them from your G-Zone. Correct. So the Battledore still was less of an issue. It's just kind of a boon in that case. Just that 15k and a crit is... Masterstroke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, this is kind of an aside, but I think a lot of the issue with Premium Collection as a set is that it turned a lot of clans into spamming whatever their Premium Collection stride was. Yep. Yeah. Like... Spear X or fucking Morfessa or Katarina. Morfessa or, or whatever the Neonectar one is. I'm forgetting right now. Uh, Katrina. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. Like, it's just all that. Like, you just mash the same shit over and over again. I mean, it. that's power creep for you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's like. It, it feels extreme. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that is because of. Uh, like, toward the end of. G era, the Bermuda set was so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this also leads to uh, Protect seems to be the gift type with the most guard restrict, at least in standard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's not always the case, but most of the time. Now, Protect also seems to be in a bit of a tight spot because Excel 2 is just that fucking good. Um, and which begs the question, do you think that Bushiroad should focus more on Guard Restrict in order to bring Protect clans up to a ver- you know a, a, about a level of parity with the rest of the meta? Or do you think there's something else they can do? Because they really kind of shat the bed on the Protect 2 thing. So, the most recent Protect clans that people... The, I guess, like, the three most popular Protect clans at this point. Not Well, I'm not going to include Numatami yet, because uh, that one's newer. But, like, prior to this uh, new set that just came, BT-07, are Mega Colony, DI, and, I guess, before a couple sets... OTT. Right? Yeah. This is before BTO6. Some people were playing OTT. OTT ha- is in the precarious position, at least with Tsukiyomi now, to guarantee double triggering like on a lot of turns. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you high roll it and do it on your grade 3 turn and your opponent just dies. <laughs> like, Man. you're like, oh look, I soul charge a third Tsukiyomi card. Nice game. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Snake Lady. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, sometimes that just happens. Your opponent's just dead. And, like, some games, you know, that doesn't happen and the game's very difficult or you get to deer or something because you still play that card because that card's busted. <laughs> uh, and, like, but if you look at the other decks, like uh, Mega Colony, Mega Colony has Antline, who's a Sentinel Restrict that gains a crit that works in Rearguard. Mm-hmm. And with um, the, what's his name? Gunning Colio? No, 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 not cutting Colio. What's the AK? What's the AK uh, smoking Phantom, guy? Phantom Black. Fa- yeah, if you, with Phantom Black, that makes it so your opponent can only call zeros. And if you mill a zero on Gunning Colio, he's physically unguardable. Your opponent actually cannot guard it. In both so, formats, or in both formats. 
if you mill a zero on Gunning Colio, even in standard, and you have Antlion boosted by Phantom Black, it is physically unguardable. Mm. Oh shit, you're right. <laughs> yeah, because they can't call zeros, but they can only call zeros, so they can't call shit. Uh, <laughs> so you just have this, you know, thing with like crit, and God forbid you check a crit trigger because you have triple drive at least if you're riding that turn anyway. And so, like, all you can do in Meg Colonies is just like, like I don't know, I still play Stag Beetle when I play Meg Colony, so I go Stag Beetle, running, ride Golden, Gun and Colio four times in a row. Mm-hmm. Like that's in like if, if you mill a zero, you just try to kill them <laughs> every turn. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, do I get it? No. Okay, next turn. Do I get it? No. Next turn. You just don't die because you have a million cards in hand because all that deck does <laughs> is draw cards. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like the protect decks that are doing well are either really aggressive in the case of Di or they can just generate so much advantage that they can actually survive Excel, which is Mega Colony and sort of OTT. I think actually what the uh, what the defining characteristic for the good Protect decks now mm-hmm. is an easy way to set up their way to win the game. Mm-hmm. It's hard to play games that go on for a long period of time, especially against decks like Murakumo. Yeah. If you can't threaten to kill Murakumo at a, at a reasonable like clock, Murakumo is going to wipe your board for the cost of effectively nothing. And continue and continue pressuring you uh, stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. Like even if they get one Udo and Soul in their first grade three turn, you're still like, oh well, I need like their next turn is going to be I'm going to fucking wipe your board and activate a Hyaki and just hit you with like you know four, four like four fifty k columns. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, well, and you know this is after you know an already good turn before. Like you just can't afford for that game to go to that point. Like you're you, you're not going to live through that pressure. Like I've played games against Meg Colony with Murakumo where that have lasted a extremely long period of time, but it didn't matter because they couldn't kill me, mm. and I just gained advantage more, more and more advantage until they died. So it sounds like we have a lot of opinions on the current state of the meta. Yeah, yeah. It seems like we could do an episode on this, but that will be for next time. That'll about do it for this episode of Nexus at Night. Guys, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Wiggums, two Gs, two Zs. You can find me at Plasma Eclipse. I am doing the arts. Uh, you can find me personally at Atlas Novak on Twitter or Instagram. You can also find this podcast at Nexus at Night on Twitter or Instagram. And uh, stay tuned, because the next few weeks we got some crazy shit going on. So we're excited. Until next time, I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Root Beer. And have a good night, everybody.